the warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun, using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is... Hi, I'm Helen. I'm a teacher in Buckinghamshire, teaching uh, reception year one children at the moment. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm also teaching in Buckinghamshire and I am working with year four. And today we are exploring English learning outcomes with this week's folktale from the Ashanti tribe of West Africa, which you can listen to by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Spider Who Wanted to Tell Stories. There you can stream a video of me telling the story, get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the marvellous Mario Coelho, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Rob here, exploring the English learning outcomes in this story. And Rob, you were telling us how you've spent a lot of your summer doing haiku. Yes, um... We, as a school, we spent the last week in lockdown and I was set a challenge by some friends to write a haiku for all the 10 days that we were off. Um, and they kind of went along the theme of, I hope that we're out of, out of this soon. I hope it's sunny when we, when we break up and things like that. Um, but it meant that they were fresh in my mind. Um, and I think that haikus, it's a form of poetry which you don't really explore much in key stage one so mm. it would be a good way to approach it for uh key stage two lower key stage two in particular um haikus are five syllables seven and then five again and part of a haiku is it has to it can't just be random that the lines all have to be linked mm -hmm. together um so it has to all be about the same subject and effect and i thought uh, a good way to use that with this story would be to ask the class or the children to retell this story the key elements of it in haiku form mm. so it would then develop their analysis and editing skills because they'd have to pick out what are the key elements yeah absolutely and one child's key elements might not match up exactly with another mm. so then you'd have to either decide as a class or say okay you go with what you've got and then it kind of so you'd have to you'd have to edit how you tell the story and have to stick rigidly to the the syllable pattern. Which, when you're trying to write haikus and you're in lockdown and you can't do anything else, sometimes you're like, oh no, what's the word that I need for that? <laughs> um, but it would uh, make it an, an interesting way to to look at the story and to see if the children had understood the story as well, mm -hmm. and what the key messages and elements of the story are. So it kind of it builds not only on the poetry use, but on the understanding what you've read and comprehension skills that you would build up through it as well. Absolutely. I mean, I said yesterday that this is a story all about story structure. It's, it takes you through the exact process that most stories go through, the um, wanting something, meeting an obstacle, overcoming that obstacle and going away, hopefully satisfied, depending on the genre of the story. Yeah. So by sort of trying to 
bottled that structure down into um, just these a series of 17 syllable poems, that, that would be a really good way of um, helping kids to focus on that story structure. But then, like you say, get some thesaurus practice and get yeah. some yeah. Um, syllable yeah. practice, yep, rhythm yeah. practice. <laughs> yeah, that's a fantastic idea. I, I, I want to know... Have you had a go yourself? I was going to just—I was going to ask that. Have you had a go? <laughs> I ha- no, I haven't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I might see if I can. If we've got time, I might see if I can have a go at some point. I've got some spare paper to. I uh, look forward to hearing it. I really want to have yeah. a go as well. <laughs> I know it's short for time, so um, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how we go with that one. Um, how about you, Helen? What would you do with the younger children, four to seven-year-olds? There's a couple of um, language elements that I'd pull out of it. And then there's a longer, a longer piece of writing. So I'll sort of go through those. Uh, the first element I'd look at is similes. So you've got mm. the jaguar with teeth as sharp as knives and the wasp with stings like fire. So it's just a, a good little way in. I think it's teeth like swords. Sorry, teeth like swords. <laughs> But there you go. There's another example that you could use. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, in fact, um, uh, I'll tell you that um, in the Ashanti version, I think it's actually teeth like spears. Um, okay. So, yeah, you, you can make lots of different similes out of it. I, I went with swords myself because I thought that might be slightly more recognisable um, for yes. the entire primary range from age four to age 11. Um, but also teeth like spears i mean spearheads yes but teeth like spears that would have to be a huge, huge jaguar, jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't fit in your school <laughs> but the other ones are like wasps with stings like fire that would be a really simple easy introduction to similes with the children and mm. you could have some fun looking at different animals perhaps different animals from the forest that would be in the same forest as these creatures and come up with similes to describe mm. them The next language aspect I'd look at is the idea of the tallest tree, which is a very tiny element of the story, I know. But in year one, you look at spellings. In year two, you look at suffixes that change the meaning of words. Mm. And in year one, we look at the EST ending, tallest, smallest, loudest, quietest. So again, that would just be a very short snippet of the story to explore Mm -hmm. those, those endings. And you can play about with that however you wanted. You could take a journey into the forest in, you know, using imagination, obviously, by the tallest tree, the shortest snake, the the loudest parrot. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't think it's the shortest part of the story at all, really. <laughs> I mean, we've got the, the tallest tree, the, the longest sna- snake That's or the true. longest stick. Um, the I deepest hole, that, I suppose, you could bring into it. <laughs> yep, deepest hole. Yeah, there are all sorts of ways you could um, explore that one. And then finally, for a bit of a longer piece of of English work, I'd look at some instructions. Mm. Um, so in the story, Anansi has to solve problems. His job is to catch the wasps with stings like fire and then catch the jaguar and catch the snake. So we'd look at how to catch some different animals. And this could be really playful. Uh, and in early years, I suppose in any year, but particularly in early mm. years, I would have this on a big scale, acting it out, building traps, um, digging holes, so that you give the children a challenge. First of all, I'd look at it through the the challenges that are already in the story. Mm-hmm. So imagine we were going to give Anansi some instructions for 
catching the jaguar, what would you tell him? So you've already got the ideas there for them. Mm-hmm. And then um, you you could give the children some different animals to catch and say, so if I want to catch or if Nancy wants to catch these creatures, let's write some instructions. And again, I'd act it all out, draw pictures. The children would draw pictures to make that plan. Maybe, depending on your age group, you'd make the plan as a whole class before you did the writing. So heading up in towards year two, the end of Key Stage 1, the children would probably be a bit more independent and would write their own instructions. But you could obviously adapt Mm. it however you wanted. So they could have a lot of fun writing instructions for Nancy to catch a whole range of different forest creatures. Which is great because you're starting to pull in some cross-curricular areas there as well, aren't you? If you've already looked at a little bit of science or a little bit of technology, DT, um, you could start to build in some of those elements into their dis- their destructions, their instructions as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, definitely. I think a lot of a, a lot of the ideas about this story actually about any stories what's so great about them is you can do loads of cross-curricular activities mm. that that make the projects a little bit bigger and so one time one of the most successful instruction writing units i've ever done is how to catch the wolf and the three little pigs and the children are out on the oh, field yeah. making massive traps out of these huge cardboard boxes <laughs> and it it just gave their instruction writing that bit more purpose and that bit more fun mm-hmm. And yeah, they were very passionate about it. So I can imagine this story lending itself to a similar similar kind of activities. You've got all those different links in. See all of your children digging up the playgrounds to make a nice deep <laughs> pit for the jaguar. <laughs> and potentially also writing instructions on how to write a haiku. Have you managed to, to get one, Rob? I, I have. <laughs> oh, let's wait. hear it. <laughs> Catch all the wasps now. Quick, it's raining. Hide in here. Miambi has wasps. That's impressive. <laughs> Beautiful. And w- <laughs> it is really impressive. We we can say, dear listener, Rob has been working on that in the middle of this recording. <laughs> so he's also had Helen and me chatting away in the background. Um, the I was, ju- I was just going to say, <laughs> whilst Helen was talking about the, um, the longest and the shortest, that is also kind of cross-curricular because that's mm. all mathematical language. Of course. So it kind of, the cross-curricular links are everywhere. In abundance. <laughs> well, on that note, tomorrow we'll have Anansi's help teaching maths. That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you're soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Tomorrow we'll have Anansi's help teaching maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon!